Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Oh, Had a little bit of gusto hey, in that one. That was pretty <laughs> darn good. Still not as good as me, of course, but it's pretty darn good. It's been an exciting day, man. It has been very exciting. So, hey, uh, all, we're joined here by your host, the Conzie with the most. Well, not quite the most around the middle. He is back to his losing weight kind of ways, down a couple of pounds. So, weighing in at a big 319 today. It was awesome sitting out on the scales. It's been a little while since I've been under 320 consistently. So, still, still way too big, but still way (laughs) American sized. But yeah, definitely looking good at getting back down on the scales again. What are you going to be when you're not with the mosty anymore? I'll still just have the most (laughs) miniatures then. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm stark raven mad of course for people who don't know yeah hey, also stark. known as brian on occasion what's going on bro nothing lots of terrain lots of terrain yeah the excitement today yeah it's been very exciting so as you can kind of get the gist uh, we are going to go ahead and talk about terrain and our really we're just kind of picking up from i think a couple episodes or so ago when we did the the first kind of bit of terrain workshop, working on getting some projects kind of started, fleshed out, and moving along. And today we kind of got back together, Dustin, Brian, and I, and and worked on the projects, finished them out, or maybe not even finished them out. We got a yeah. we got the next <laughs> steps going. I don't think anybody actually finished a project today. You're really close, but yeah, I'm really close to finishing the the building. But yeah, but yeah. Was, yeah, nothing was really finished. But definitely making progress. So that's going to kind of be, we're going to be that our main folks are being talk of it today. So uh, look forward to hearing about that later. As well, I had an interview with Alex from Gamehole Con. And Gamehole Con is, I guess their club is called the Gamehole. And, and it's kind of a t- kind of a spin on what they call their, ba- somebody called their basement where they all kind of got together and gamed and board wow. gamed and role playing gamed and whatever. I was curious how that worked. <laughs> so, well, you hear a little bit in more about it. Yeah, in the interview. So, definitely interesting. Uh, it's uh, early and I think it's the first weekend in November. We'll get all the dates and the info, what it costs for tickets. But the big thing is, is that uh, Wisco Dice and the WWHFB, the Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League, are our longest and Oldest Warhammer Fantasy Game Club in the state of Wisconsin. Not only the longest sponsor we've had for Wisco Dice, but we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about it later in the show about about what what kind is going on there. And in Wisco Dice and WWHFB, of course, are hosting a mega battle event at this particular event. And I can't remember exactly what I themed it off of. But essentially what the deal is, is everybody will be able to walk up to the table. I think it starts at 10 a.m. and finishes at 6. So an eight-hour event. There will be objective markers on the table. And basically you you pay your ticket to play in the event. And you can play as long or as little as you want. When oh. you're done, you pack up your army and go. And, and that's it. You just leave at the end of the turn and you're done. They vanished in the warp. But, yeah, exactly. They vanished in the warp or their army was defeated too much and they didn't want to continue. But the other nice thing is, like, if you get crushed in the game, at the beginning of, of the player that's across the table from you's turn, you can throw in another entrance ticket, another buck, to go ahead and get, buy back in, essentially. Buy back into the game. Can you play multiple armies? You cannot play multiple <laughs> armies. Like, I'm in trouble. I need another backup army <laughs> reinforcements. So, and uh, painting won't be required for it. So, it's just really about playing Warhammer and having a good time. 
all day long and as the event goes on we may end up doing some door prize kind of silliness or who you know maybe some some other little special caveat prizes for some random things throughout the day for the people that plan the event so really it's just going to be a, a fun day of warhammer and, and you'll be able to kind of come and go we'll have a couple of armies there for people that walk up and go wow this looks really cool i play warhammer but i didn't bring an army to the con well that's okay we'll have spare armies there for a couple of folks to if they want to just go ahead and try and then want to play but it will require experience with the game so we won't take walk-ups yeah also, Friday night, we're going to go ahead and run the Monster Mash intros for people that are interested in giving Warhammer a try and getting people excited for it. So it'll be a free event that we're doing Friday night at Gamehole Con as well. So lots of exciting things coming for that convention that are coming from the Warhammer Fantasy side. Lots of other war games, war games, role-playing games. There's some really cool industry people that are getting out for this. And this is the first year of Gamehole Con, so we're really excited for it and see it see it take off because this is the first time madison's had a really kind of a proper gaming convention there's other kind of dorkish kind of conventions that have included gaming as kind of a secondary note but this is the first time it'll be the this is the first kind of primary gaming convention to madison yeah i've never heard of one that was strictly gaming so yeah exactly what else has been going on i mean we've been playing some warhammer and obviously fiddling with terrain have you been, you know, have you gotten anything hobby related done recently? Not really at all. I guess, I mean, as far as my progress since the last cast, it has been a little while. My motivation for painting the ghouls kind of went out the window, <laughs> along with playing the vampire counts, unfortunately. Why was that? I think it was the week, the Tuesday night. I've made it to like all the Tuesday nights, and I think I've played a game like every single one since we recorded last, like four, three weeks or so, three days. And yeah, I think following right after that i just changed my list a little bit um i don't even remember what i like took out but i figured it out uh i I guess i did swap a vargal for some hex race and then it was kind of a no-brainer uh you brought up i don't know why i didn't even think of it but the field spirit hosts and individual bases yeah i had like a unit of three on the table but yeah definitely individually it makes like a thousand times better so I had switched it to do that, and that was really the only thing I changed. So I brought all these ethereals. I also have uh, the regular Karen race in there. So I had a, and two banshees. One one's in the Karen race, I guess. But so I had all these ethereals, and I got to be paired up uh, against demons. <laughs> so that and I mean uh, that was against Mark, a local player here. He's definitely a good player. He was still playing a pretty tough list. I think that was. Getting ready for Kenosha, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably invasion Kenosha prep. So, yeah, he was still playing one of his tougher lists at that moment. And Ethereal just doesn't do good against demons as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it, like, kind of goes out the window, and those units end up being really sucky. And It just was a really bad game. I had been getting beat pretty good with the VC lately, so I'm just kind of like, I'm sick of playing like this, and... <laughs> Decided to switch it up to something else. Our last cast was on Bretts, and the, hey, I wanted to play some Bretts after talking about them so much. So I got a new list all nights, uh, and it's been really good. I've I've liked every single game I've played with them so far. I think just the different play style. I mean, I feel like I'm in. I think the big thing was I didn't feel like I was in control of the game with the VC. I kind of put them there, and it was a lot. I mean, you kind of sit there with a lot of them, and your opponent gets to pick and choose where they're gonna hit you and such. You just that's my feel on it, I guess. 
sure. with the vampire counts. So it's definitely a different game with the Bretts. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely, I definitely hear that. You definitely have yeah. a, a lot more that you can do maybe tactically with the baits and fleas. And yeah, you- I've actually done a lot of that. Like one of my games, uh, another tough list at our <laughs> on our game night. I don't remember his name, but it's Big ogre, Ben. Yeah, Big Ben. Yeah, his ogres. He has like the gut star thing going. Maybe it's just a regular ogre. No, he's block. it's an iron gut guts. star. Yeah. Okay. So that and like one of the sky cannon things and a unit of Ryanox riders or whatever they are. Yeah, and then he's been including like two or and, three saber tusks. Yeah, and, t- a couple saber tusks and a couple lead belcher like. Yeah, lead belter units. So he did change up his list. He was just fielding three units there for yeah, quite a long for time, quite a while. So yeah, it was slightly different, but still, I mean, that gut star, it, you don't want to mess with that. No, <laughs> so, it's it's tough. I, I I don't know. That was it wasn't really a good game, I guess I'd say, but I was pretty satisfied with how I managed to play it. I ended up a draw. I guess you were kind of surprised when I told you that because yeah, left, it was. You I figured partially you, through the that thing. table looked like it was just going bad for you horribly. And I'm like, oh, this usually is brutal. In a case like that, I'll throw like everything I have at what that you know that gut star would be my normal thing and be like, well, it's kind of unbeatable. But I actually managed to play like an avoidance game to get that draw out of it, so it was really cool. I think that's the first time I actually successfully did that, and I only lost stuff because uh bad flea rolls i would have been a victory if i didn't lose my general's unit and with the bigger block of knights errant they had like 11 inches to run they ran nine but he had a really high charge roll with his the rhinox rider things and ended up catching them so that it was happens. kind of unfortunate but otherwise yeah i felt like i really controlled the table and managed to get a draw at least but i mean with a little bit different luck it could have been a victory even so that was pretty cool yeah that's that's really cool to and play it- like that yeah, I know you played Nick's Empire as well, and that was kind of yeah, the first... Yeah, that was my first game. I was pretty rough um, putting them on the table. I guess a quick rundown of my list. It's all knights, actually. I have uh, unit uh, errants with the errantry banner. I think there's nine of them, including my general goes in that unit, Boromir. Uh, he has the heroic killing blow and like a rerollable armor save and the grail shield for a four-plus ward against everything. And then I also have a nine block uh, Knights of the Realm, which have my BSB and a damsel in it. And then I have a full nine block worth uh, Grail Knights with uh, another damsel. You get a couple of smaller packs too, don't you? Yeah, I've, yeah, I have two units of five errants, and then I have a unit of five questing knights and a unit of four Pegasus knights. Yes. None of those guys, none of those guys have command, besides the free champion and the Peg Knights have a. Uh, musician in them kind of ideal for baiting and fleeing then right yeah a lot of baiting and fleeing and also just getting that little extra combo charge a lot more options there sure you only really need to get one banner in right yep pretty much but yeah just small units for the kind of something to yeah throw away if need be or kind of the bait and flee but it's worked out really good i've had a lot of fun playing the list but yeah my first run with it was against nick and his empire and I don't even remember what happened terribly. I was just, I was, I was really feeling out the army at that point, trying to remember what to do with them. And I think I had some bad rolls and some nonsense. And there was some weird long charges and stuff that didn't work out. And I don't know. It was interesting. Sure, sure. <laughs> I guess the coolest thing was with the heroic killing blow. I don't, I think I actually did end up getting it against the steam tank finally. And that, that kind of baited his demigriff knights into the flank of them. 
And that was like I was sitting there fighting it for like three turns, I think it was, and then the Demigrus finally got the flank on him. And that was when I killing blowed the, <laughs> the steam tank. So it actually broke the demigriffs because the five wounds there it ever had. Like, I don't know, yeah, tons of wounds, wounds left, yeah. left on it. So that was pretty hilarious. But then, I don't know, his unit was vaped and I had to hide, hide Boromir behind like a statue or something the rest of the game because there was still the hell blaster and like a cannon on the table or sure. something like that. But then everything else in my army, they just kind of eventually got cornered. He's running two big halberd ear blocks. So I didn't really have anywhere to go against them because I couldn't really face them straight on. And yeah, I didn't really play it the best because it was my first time out. So, and then we played yep, this last was, week. Yeah, just this last week. That was a pretty fun game. I actually got a victory. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, well, it was one, against one two one. kings. What, what? But uh, it was still a good game. It I was mean, a really good game. It was really it wasn't I thought, a blowout, really. No, I mean, I think about turn In five, end, it was yeah, decide, it truly decided. Went, yeah, but there was a lot of close there was a dice there rolls in there. Some serious spots where I thought I was still going to pull it back. Yeah, the big thing I got your sphinxes pretty quick, and then also got your general's unit with the chariots. Yeah, King Ramen. Yeah, I made a mistake. Um, that would have been, I think, turn two. I made a mistake where I charged. Well, one, the scenario was uh, we did the di- diagonal. Yeah, one. the meeting engagement deployment. Yeah, that's so that that always kind of puts my defensive army kind of off on a back foot because. Uh, because I'm the it brings your opponent so much closer. You just can't. You don't have enough room to get away from yeah, them. Yeah, I pretty much put all my away. guys right up on the six inches to start with. Yeah, and on top of, I, I was giving you plenty of room on those first turns. Or sure, try and feel it out with the threat range of those sphinxes and everything. Yeah, no, it was definitely kind of a uh, first turn or two is kind of trying to set up, uh, trying to keep me out of charge range. And the Sphinxes were kind of holding you off. And yeah. Then, and then on turn two, I chose, because I was going second for whatever reason. And on the bottom of turn two, I decided to charge with the Sphinxes, and neither of them connected. Uh-huh. And in hindsight, I probably should have never have charged with them. I should have continued to kind of keep them at a decent kicking distance from your knights and use the one sphinx at least to try to protect the flank of my overrun move on my chariot. Yeah, because they blew through some peg knights I kind of got. They started off the table and then they came on and yeah, blew through the peg knights. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of the hindsight thing was keeping your sphinx there to protect their flank. Yeah. my unit of grail knights managed it is what charged them in the flank and rolled them up eventually. Yep, and then it took a couple rounds, but then you finally got got all the knights and King Raman and But yeah, you failed those charges and that kind of set me up for a charge on your Sphinx. I tried a combo charge, I think, but I had a flank even on one of them, but I well, think the, I the Grails got those, right in the flank. Well that was on your chariot, but my yeah. Knights of the Realm with the BSB hit you head on and <laughs> just blow it up. Just smashed it. Well, you did three. What was crazy is you I did, saved a ton of your... Yeah, well, you had the BSB <laughs> and Banner and like a rake yep. or two going in. Yep. So you're going to be up by like four plus a charge. Uh-huh. So you're up by like five. So chances are I'm probably going to fall apart unless I get really lucky oh, yeah, on the yeah. damage. And so I failed to, I failed with the, t- the crew to killing blow your BSB. Uh-huh. And then the Sphinx itself got a single wound through, I think. Yeah, you killed one guy. So and I then I the popped ring. the breath weapon and popped like another four, five strength, four wounds on your unit. And you didn't take a dang single point of damage. Nope. <laughs> and, so I, and, and you did three wounds to me on uh-huh. top of it. So I was really down by a lot. And 
I don't, you know, I don't care what you are, and you're undead, and you just crumble to death. Yeah. You that wasn't something that was recoverable. But, knights, knights, and armored knights in particular are really hard for the war sphinxes to deal with properly. Yeah, when so. you don't get thunderstomp on a monster, they seem pretty rough. It depends on the monster too, you know. But it's it's strength suppose, five, yeah. so it's not yeah, quite Sphinx strong enough to crush through the armor. It. Mm-hmm. And only it only has like two attacks itself, doesn't well, it's it? It's got four attacks oh, based on the okay. on the profile, but and their weapons go four, but it's only four attacks. Mm-hmm. And the breath weapon didn't do anything, so I was kind of like, eh, that that yeah. didn't go well. And I wasn't expecting you to get a lot of wounds, but in hindsight, <laughs> uh, you know, in it thinking about it, you're coming in five. with three or four I still attacks. Need sixes, yeah, but I had an awful lot of attacks there. Yeah, it would have been worse with the Grail Knights, I guess, but. I think but, my Grail Knights are what got into your other Sphinx, but that was a little more of a grind. Little more of a grind. The, the you didn't roll as well, and nope. and there were quite a few less knights at that point. I think as yeah. well. Yeah, you were popping off. You killed a lot of knights. You just didn't get very many points from yeah. a lot of them. You couldn't quite finish them off. I never did. I only think I got, I think you got one my knight of the realm, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. One unit of knights, Boromir, you and a damsel. a damsel. That yep. was all I killed, and I pretty much I don't remember you if you got. It. Or you did kill Boromir, yeah, yeah. You managed to killing blow. I killing blowed him, and then the only thing I had left on the table at the end of the game was the Necro Knights. Yep, which never saw combat because you just did nothing but run away from them. Yep, <laughs> which was disappointing. Well, it was I kind could, of frustrating. I like, get, I get a good like, charge lined up, but yeah, you ran all my errands off the board, and they didn't have once Boromir was done. They decided not to rally. <laughs> they just kept running. And unfortunately, I'm Tomb King, so I never got to like the opportunity to kind of march and get up there. And get yeah, position. exactly. And I made a big mistake of with my horse archers of not position. I'm like, um, well, I could shoot at that BSB, or I could shoot at, or I could turn around and be in position to charge. You know, in case those guys don't rally, because they're like uh-huh. a bunch of leader seven stuff ch- rally checks. Chances are they're not going to rally. So, in the high, yeah, I, I turned around. You should, and, yeah, you I turned around and decided to shoot a couple of shots at at your BSB, which was at one wound at the time. Like maybe I get lucky and pop that guy off, uh-huh. score some more points. But instead, bad decisions equal. I don't losses. think I ever finished off the horse archers either. Did I? No, they crumbled to death though. Oh, you got the higher. Yeah, ride. when you got the hair. Yeah, that's right. Because my lone. Knights of the Realm, my BSB charged out of the unit at your, at something or other. No, oh, you had a lone, the, yeah, you he had charged, a lone he charged champ. at the Sphinx. Well, that's why he ended up by himself, because my BSB charged by himself at the Sphinx in the flank to help the Grail Knights out. Yes. But yeah, that left my one champion. <laughs> Alone. So he turned around and charged. The... I turned around. He didn't, you charged him. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I managed to kill three of them on the charge. Yep. <laughs> After the crumble. So I think I got like, I must have got two wounds on him. Something like so that. So you yeah. lost by one. And then he had I the crumbled charge. one. And, but that and was pretty next, excellent. Next but, turn, I killed him. Yeah, next turn, I whiffed and you killed him, unfortunately. But that was pretty excellent. It was excellent. brilliant. Horse archers <laughs> are awesome. Yeah. That's the best, honestly, the best unit I put on the table. Game after game after game, just about as. <laughs> are those horse archers. They always do something just ridiculously way better than what their points investment. The fact that you can scout them gets them out there into your opponent's backfield. They move eight so they can get around the board a little bit better than the rest of your Tomb King army for the most part. Yeah, yeah, you, you had know. deployed them right behind me, and I just kind of ignored them. And <laughs> yeah, you just, you just kind of ignored them, and then they turn yeah. around and help finish off a unit of knights. And it would have been great if they would have been then turned around, not been dumb, and turned around and uh, been in position to chase some knights off the board. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was still a fun game. 
It was great. It was a really good game. I really, I really kind of wish I would have made a couple of better decisions there, and I might have yeah. snuck out a win with the Tomb Kings. But instead, it went the other direction. That happens. I'm playing Tomb Kings. I, I, I get over it. I, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> nod off. You know, because there's well, no. Well, you were playing us who, who wanted a free win. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I, I, you know, I, I, know. I, it's, it's really an uphill battle every time I play the Tomb For Kings, sure, and, yeah. and uh, it ends up being a, a little frustrating at times. But at the same time. It's really rewarding when you get those wins because you you know you've kind of worked your rear for it. You don't really have uh, a significant forgiveness in the list. So unless you get a really good matchup for you, uh, the games tend to go poorly or against what you're you know against your favor. So it's really cool to get those wins and and, yeah. and to score them like that. So I was I was glad to 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 be in the game still to right up yeah. until near the end of it yeah so. i mean those last few turns were like hardly anything so yeah it was really yeah turn five, turn five i think, I think so. is where it really kind of when you crush the higher stuff, and stuff yeah just your necro knights left charging yeah. trying to charge anything but <laughs> yeah, trying to get to something and they never did so yep all right, so I think that recaps most of our all of your games that right? was all the warhammer i played we did play a game of blood bowl Yes, we did play that, that on too. Sunday, I ended up losing. The dark Killing all my guys, they're all stabbing my Norse yep. cheaters. Hey, we didn't have any. <laughs> we didn't have any daggers. We just did it the old-fashioned way with fists to your face. Yeah, so that it was a good game till it, but the second half was a complete blowout. I couldn't do anything because I just had t- too few guys yeah. left. Yeah, the dark elves were really brilliant in that game. They they really kind of brought the punching and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think I what was it a three to one or three to nothing game? No, I scored. I scored the one right away. Yeah, but I was close to some other ones, but my dice rolls were botched. I tried to pass in there at one point, and that's kind of where it went downhill after that. Went out of bounds, and they like threw it to you, and you scored in like one freaking turn or whatever bullcrap. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I got it basically on like so one stupid. square away from my end zone. Yeah, and then I think I I ran it. You had a guy pretty turn. close, and then yeah, you like picked it up, handed it off to somebody. <laughs> I thought I it was remember. a. I thought yeah, you threw it and then you handed it off and then you ran. Into the yeah, it was zone. a it was a passing action on like a fairly that. long uh, on a not a long pass, but like a. It was a. It wasn't a long bomb. I thought it was a long pass. It might have been a long pass. Maybe yeah. it was just a pass, a regular pass, but I don't know. I might have. No, I'm pretty sure it was a regular pass. I think it was a four up pass, followed by uh, you know two up catch with the elf. Yeah. Followed by a two up on the handoff. <laughs> followed by I think a go for it or something like that to get in the end zone. Yeah, at least one in there. But yeah, the first half was pretty fun. But yeah, once you lose guys, it seems pretty rough in Blood Bowl. Once, once you get, I think for the Norse, once you get under, yeah. once you get no, under what the other guys got on the board, yeah. yeah, it's really tough. I think the elves can, the yeah. elves and the more of the agility at that races, point, you kind of need everything to your dice rolls to be perfect. Yeah, you go everything go your way at that point because you're doing pretty risky stuff. You can't really, yeah. Well, risky defend for, and hold on, yeah. Risky for agility three, but stuff that <laughs> usually the agility four teams kind of yeah, the stupid, the, just kind of take for granted a little more. Yeah, for sure. And then I have been out to the uh, on Wednesday nights to play War Machine. I think I've only played a couple games. One that I was really tired. I should have won that game, but I just had no clue what I was doing. And then I don't remember if it was. It must have been after the last podcast. I got my first victory finally. I got a caster kill against those elfy types. I don't remember what they're called for War Machine. And then I've just been assembling guys. I have like a choir and errants, Simplar errants. I've 
bought since the last time I think I've been putting those guys together. So you're slowly getting slowly. that off. I'm at like, yeah, I'm like at 26 points is what I own, which is kind of inconvenient. So I've been kind of, I really should have like 25 or, and then next step up is 50, kind of more of a regular game thing. Cause he asked for like a 26 point game. <laughs> like it's kind of an oddball. So I think I'm going to try and, I think I figured it out last night just to look to see what I needed to buy to get a 25 point force just to make it a little simpler matchup. So I've really just been, like this week I just assembled stuff. I didn't ask for a game and nobody asked me for one, so I didn't worry about it. Well, that's cool. I mean, now that school's getting close yeah, to starting. Yeah, school is know. definitely encroaching. That's the last week of this month. And then I have, I have no clue what kind of time I'm going to have. I'm going to be working more and still have the same school load as I did before, so I have no clue. I guess I'm going to be, I have class on Tuesday night, so I won't be out for the regular game night for Warhammer, unfortunately. So I have to see what kind of time I end up with for hobbying. I am kind of anxious to get some start to have something to paint again. I mean, I really should probably just paint the ghouls some more since I kind of got the system down for those and know what I'm doing. But it kind of sucks painting something if you're not really right, really using it. Yeah, if you're not using it and don't really have any ambition. I guess I've been listening to Garage Hammer and the tales of his vampire counts. It's something more. I don't think my list is really that bad either. I just kind of had a bad game, and my previous games haven't been fun, and maybe the play style of them wasn't the idealist for me at the moment. <laughs> sure, sure. I think there's still definitely room for them, but I don't really have any desire to put them on the table at the moment. No, I understood. Slightly, but I guess until the Bretts wear out, I don't think I have any ambition to switch. So I think I want to try painting some peasants. I haven't painted any Bretts at all. So, you know, so that's I think a good start. the peasants would be a good place to start before I, I'm actually playing the knights right now, but sure. something to start on. Sure, no, that's exciting. At least you're at least you're trying to find a way to get something on the painting table. Yeah, for sure. I've been thinking about the men off too, but I don't know. It'd be that or the brats, maybe a little bit of both. I don't sure, know. sure. Well, I guess uh, as far as I've been kind of fiddling around, uh, there was Invasion Kenosha in between there that... I think from the last show and now that yep. that I had that uh, we didn't really talk about or or I, I, any kind of really recap. Yeah, I so, didn't go. You went. Yeah, I went and Dustin went with well, me. He went with you. His models didn't go. <laughs> so, so yeah, Dustin made this crazy display board for his orcs and goblins, and this is going to be his first outing with the orcs and goblins and this crazy display board. Well, it's really pretty much, I think there was, it's all goblins with an orc on wyvern or something like that. It's all goblins, but yeah, there's some, there's, yeah, an orc on a wyvern, but it's modeled as a goblin. And then there's, there's, a, there's the, giant spiders. He really needs an arachnorock. He should get an He's been playing with the idol of Gort. Yeah, the, the rogue, rogue idol. idol was kind of a special thing you could do at Kenosha. Yep. So that was kind of cool, and he has that modeled up. But I think it'd be sweet if he has an Arachnorock in there. He probably has some extra things he wants to do to that. But they're definitely, I mean, Dustin really themes his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> models them in pretty. Very well modeled yeah. army. It's really cool with all the, the various bark bases and stuff like that. That's yeah. all, everything's on like weird angles and stuff like that. So it it really looks like it's in motion and in action, too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very very cool looking army. Unfortunately, they didn't make the trip. Yeah, so when he <laughs> so he's going to carpool with me, and he spent all his time getting his display board out of his car and putting it in my car, and then I like I looked at the trunk and I'm like, man, that trunk looks a little <laughs> empty. I didn't think anything of it. I figured he put his army in the back seat or something because that's where his display board went. 
And the next thing we know, we get out of the car in Kenosha. We've been chatting the whole way down there, talking about strategies and stuff like that. And he goes to get his army out of the out of the car, and he goes, "Oh bleep." <laughs> Forgot my army. And, of course, we carpool down together, so it's not like, okay, well, I've got my gear, so I get, you know, I don't know what to do. And then he was going to borrow an army. They had an, an extra army or something there, but then somebody else decided to use it or something. Mm. And so he kind of hung out all day and watched games. And That's that a pretty was, big bummer because, I mean, he was He was really stoked <laughs> for Kenosha. For the, yeah. And this was the last Invasion Kenosha, too, so. Yep. It, it, I think it may end up re- resurfacing because uh, John, who runs it, is he's moving, moving, yeah. So it, it sounds like it might end up resurfacing on the south side of Chicago as some kind of invasion, something. But that's starting to get to be kind of a haul for for me, anyways. For even for a one day, so I don't know. And yeah. I've got so many events I usually hit in a year, so Especially we'll it's see. A summertime timed one too. There's a lot of stuff in the summer. So we'll see if I actually end up going to that in the future. I'm sure I'll make one or something in the future if it's not the, if it's just that far away. But it's a pretty unique and fun event from what I hear. I guess. Yeah, it's a lot different. Unfortunately, you need painted stuff. So yeah, it is a <laughs> paint, fully painted required tournament, and it does he does like lunch and usually has breakfast stuff on hand, coffee, donuts, whatever, and then and then lunch is always usually something pretty decent, and it, it's a. Th- three round single day one day tournament he did like events all weekend so there was also like a it was really cool because there was a flames of war tournament going on at the same time so i got to go over there and kind of check out the flames of war stuff for a little bit you know in between rounds or after i'd get crushed in a game or something but it was uh so he does this pod system so there ends up be grouping up like four tables together and he tries to run three pods so three or four pods usually and so a pod's you know ends up being eight people in a pod and, and it works out kind of nice you play against the people in the pod only? yeah you only play against the people in the pod so you're only competing so you're competing against kind of the people in your pod lineups yeah much. plus it's a neat way to kind of divide if people kind of come from the same game club or the same kind of area Make sure you can spread them out across the pods and you don't have to worry about them playing against either, each other as much either yeah so you're basically playing to there's a couple things you can win you can either win your pod and that's based on sheer battle points not objective points or anything else so basically your win loss draw record and there's a kind of a points range over the over the event as well as far as some of the games have like a it isn't a full 20 out system but he does use kind of a a varied range on a couple of his scenarios and a couple of those scenarios are or I think at least one, if not two, of his scenarios were just full out. This is how many points you got off of it. Was it was victory points that decided the win then, or was it the objective? Um, the, the victory points were for the win all the time, but he okay. His objectives, but the objectives were what gave you the weigh points. in yeah a pile of object of objective points. Okay. So a lot of the objectives were worth like five points a point a pop, and a game was worth a win is worth twelve points. Yeah. So you could, and a loss was like six or something like that. So you could take a loss and get the objective points and get just as many points out of the game as, uh, as so in years past, I had played to the objectives quite a bit. And if I lost, I'm like, eh, whatever. And it's kind of bitten me because the pairings ended up getting, you know, maybe not to my favor or something like this, like that. So this year I'm playing my Tomb Kings. That was pretty loose, looking for compliments and, you know, ideas on how I can improve the army uh, more than anything else. And uh, so my first game, I'm up against Warriors of Chaos, 
and that went it actually went surprisingly well until i there was there the we had these objective markers yep. and you placed your objective part marker in the opponent's deployment zone well he's playing chaos so he's coming at me <laughs> i'm playing tomb kings i stayed in my deployment Defensive zone tomb kings, so yeah, i stayed yeah. yeah and i had two your horse archers couldn't run get it no, because you had to have a banner on it. Oh, it wasn't yeah, go right. get the objective marker. It was, oh, you had to like claim it. It was yeah, kind of whatever you, you had to have uh, your banner and nobody else's banners like within six inches of it or something like that at the end of the game. Uh-huh. But the other thing it did is it caused stupidity checks on your opponent's units that were within twelve or oh, six really? inches or so. So my t- <laughs> so I I'm running I. Th- think i ran a double level three list or something like that and with the the level three death and a level three hierophant uh nekara and so i'm sitting there and i'm there everything's kind of bearing down on my archery unit pretty good but things are shaping good up decently on the one flank where i can i've got both war sphinxes in good position i i'm getting ready for some flank charges the chariots have just kind of rammed in and crushed crushed uh, chaos ogres i think they were maybe they were chaos trolls i don't remember but they were and 40 mil bases monstrous infantry of some form just crushed them and was kind of lining up for a, a potential you know going to get charged their next turn but hopefully they could stick and the war sphinxes would be in great position to counter charge well what happens is i fail my stupidity check with my on <laughs> uh, my wizards unit which is both the wizards are packed into my 20 archers and they stumble forward like five inches which puts them in great charge position for all this other cavalry stuff his demon prince and it just the next turn just everything died i didn't have the magic support to kind of help my uh chariot unit survive the charge they they completely got obliterated. So all I ended up having left at the end of like turn two or three was Ugh. was just the two war sphinxes and the war and everything of his was like two two and a half feet away from them. <laughs> so I'm like, I, at that point, I just like, okay, we're done. I mean, I I don't want to call a game here, but you know, I, yeah. I hate calling the game and walking away and just taking a you know taking a loss. But there, you know, I'm gonna all all the rest of this game is gonna be is you avoiding me and maybe taking a turn six charge when you think you might, if there's anything left, when I get across the board to you finally after walking for the next three turns with my War Sphinxes trying to get to you. Because mm-hmm. construct, Constructs can crumble, but they have higher leadership usually. They have, well, they're leader eight, and they suffer okay. one less wound oh, than okay. normal. So, so, so they should stick around. They should, in theory, stick around okay. But, it, you know, they were all both, I think, were both of them were, had already had wounds on them as well. So oh, yeah. that wasn't necessarily going to go... <laughs> go well at that point <laughs> like facing an entire warriors of chaos army less less of monstrous infantry uh-huh. that just not going to go well so i ended up bowing out on that one it kind of stung kind of starting the day that way but then i i moved on to dark elves in round two and and i think you know i honestly i feel like my pod was pretty strong um we had you know obviously the warriors of chaos we had an empire player we had uh, the Dark Elves. There's there were some strong armies in in my pod, but the I, when I played the Dark Elves in round two, it was the battle for the past deployment, and so I Your laid favorite. way back. You know, I hate this deployment, but <laughs> with a tomb with the tomb kings against an army that doesn't have cannons, 
this actually plays to my favor, uh-huh. and my army isn't so wide as far as like because I don't have hordes of units or anything. You know, I don't have any hordes, any ten wide units or anything like that. So I have a lot more flexibility in my deployment to kind of scoot things around. And then there was this giant tower structure right smack in the center of the p- table. So you oh. kind of had to sp- choose to split your army a little bit to kind of get around, and and it was it was a little bit frustrating and tough. Uh, to deal with, but it forced my opponent to kind of split his army a little bit, and I was able to kind of shoot it and magic it and lay off quite a bit, and and it really worked out well for me. I ended up getting the win, and I ended up actually snagging the objective on this one as well. So going into was round that, three... Was the objective still the same way where it was like deployed in the other zone? It was deployed in your opponent's... There was like the six-inch zone, this dead zo- dead zone... Um, that you couldn't deploy in way at the way on the uh, long, on the short table edges, oh, okay. and you had to put it in that six inch zone. And eventually, my Necro Knights got all the way down there <laughs> and stood on it. Take a whole game to walk that far. <laughs> well, they got an overrun, and they got a charge oh, okay. or something yeah, in the there on the Dreadlord. I or they they had a I don't think he had a Dreadlord. He had a Master on with the you know unkillable Master on Dark Pegasus, sure. and I got the charge on him because he forgot to move in one turn. And I got so I got to drop the charge on him with the Necronites, and the Necronites took a couple rounds to kill him. But once they killed him, they got, you know, they were able to then slowly walk their seven inches the rest of the way down the board and get there. You never really seem to use the Desert Wind either, do you? The signature spell. It, it seems like you usually don't have it when I've seen you. Yeah, I use it, <laughs> but I don't like using it with my two War Sphinx list. When I get the three War Sphinx list out. I used okay. it quite a bit because then I was pushing those horse sphinxes right. I was trying to get those horse sphinxes in somebody's grill right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But when you only got two, you really can't afford to lose one, and so you're a lot more cautious. But when I had three, I could be like, oh, well, I lost one. Well, two will still get the job done. <laughs> uh, but you, when you lose two and you when you lose one and you only started with two. You're like, uh-oh, that one War Sphinx doesn't get the job done. I really need to rely on having two of them because two of them charging into pretty much anything yeah. is usually money. But I, this game I worked out pretty good for me. I, I did pretty well, and and I got a win. So going into round three, let's think about what I played against. Oh, I played Skaven in round three. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, he had Skaven in my pod too. Now, this is <laughs> the guy, though, that... Uh, he was f- kind of filling in. He was, this was going to be the army that that Dustin would have ended up borrowing, but this kid ended up using it instead and playing in this tournament. And he was a, a local kid, so that was kind of nice. Um, and but he didn't know he didn't play the army, so he didn't really know what his no, stuff did. That's rough. But there was an A bomb and a, a warp lightning cannon and and uh, what do you have? I think he had a screaming bell and just a lot of clan rats and slaves and there was just a lot of rats on the table mm-hmm. so you know i ended up scoring the win here again huh. i missed the objective though which was kind of meh on my behalf on my half behalf uh I, I couldn't stop he had too many units though really and i couldn't stop him from getting the objective and the objective here was to get your objective token and drop it off as far into the opponent's deployment zone as possible and if you got yours further than your opponent then you got the objective so he got his like right on the board edge (laughs) and there was nothing i I just ran out of units on that side of the table to try to stop it but it was the only unit in the skaven army at the end of the game that i didn't kill either so Uh i got everything else 
Uh, well, actually, I don't think I got... Did I, I don't remember. I got the grace here, but I don't remember if I got the bell at all. Mm-hmm. I think the bell might have lived. Yeah, the bell and the... I think I killed all the clan rats around it that were pushing it. But I didn't get the bell. Sure. So, I did get that. I'm pretty sure I got the grace here on top of it as well. But pretty much everything else was dead, and I ended up not dying in a couple spots, and worse things held, held on. I did lose one Sphinx to an A-bomb, but it was after like a couple rounds of combat, so that kind of that kind of bummed me out because I was really poised. It got me just before I got the swing again. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you're lower when you don't have super initiative, initiative one. But <laughs> uh, the guy, the guy was a, a a good opponent. He was kind of you could tell he was kind of at the end of his attention span too, oh, um, and, and he didn't know what my stuff did at all. So he was kind of really he was really kind of. I think he felt frustrated and 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 thought a thought a lot thought my list was a lot tougher than it actually was. <laughs> yeah. But I think in hindsight, if he if he knew how to play that list a little bit better, he probably would have stomped me pretty solidly. Instead, win to Konzi, so I ended up walking away from Invasion Kenosha with two wins and a loss. Wow. So not a bad record for the Tomb Kings, but yeah, I could have it could have been a lot worse. So I'm not gonna, I'm pretty happy with the results there. It was a a pretty solid day, all in all. I was kind of figuring I would, I would walk in and, and not do real well, but I didn't. You know, I, I did play three really top tier tough armies, and and I kind of lucked out by by not maybe maybe getting a, a getting lucky with a Skaven player, having not not really having a lot of experience with his army, and getting lucky with a deployment you know, against the Dark Elves because he was just all infantry, and I just kept backing off, backing off, backing off, and just picking off, just doing enough damage to take out a unit and take you know take a unit down to the point where it started getting worrisome that he could do something with it and he was packing shadow magic and his he made you know there's not much you can do that's one of the problems with shadow magic is it, it's a great lore but if you're not yeah, getting your range. units yeah well yeah. It's, you, if you don't get your units into mm-hmm. combat it really doesn't become as effective and with that deployment he couldn't really maximize where his crossbows were to get damage on me and the things that he could shoot at just didn't have the ability to knock out that much damage. So it ended up working out really well for me in that game. So really good Invasion Kenosha. Of course, we talked about the games we played. And mm-hmm. hobby-wise, I've been just working on plugging away on on Flames of War stuff lately. So I've been started fiddling with some freehand on a couple of two-and-a-half-ton trucks for uh, for the game, and I was really happy with how the freehand on those work came out, and I, I cha- changed up the coloring I did for the Americans to get them a little bit, I think, more representative of what, what they would have had in Normandy. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. I noticed it kind of right away, but yeah. They're yeah, they're definitely... Good, newer ones. They're definitely a little bit deeper dark green, but also the highlights then come out a little bit better. Yeah, I think and, that's what and, the difference is. Yeah, so... I think it was a, a good a good move on my part. It, it means that I'm going to have kind of the whole army will ultimately not end up matching totally from from the one side to the other. But I didn't stand out so much. It stands out a little bit more on the bigger on the bigger things on the like the previous tanks I painted. Yeah, I think the tanks are really the and, noticeable. And the artillery, those two fifty seven millimeter guns that I did, it stands out a bit on. But and the jeeps and some of those things but overall i'm very happy with with the way it looks i'm i'm you know worst case scenario i'll have to go back and maybe touch up some of those other vehicles hopefully i'll play them at some point so. yeah i'm really <laughs> i really i'm really well it, it ends up happening that uh last square has 
their Flames War Night is on Wednesdays, and it's also the same night when my board game group gets together normally. So I really haven't been able to sneak down there and, and get a, a game or get a uh, you know get a hey have, here's my stuff. I, I don't really know how to play. Can somebody show me how to play? I've got mm-hmm. about a thousand points or something like that. So we'll get there though. It'll get there. Um, hopefully I can either talk either that or either I can have that happen where I get a Wednesday to kind of sneak down there, or I can talk Robert into coming up here and playing a game. So oh, sure. Overall, though, it's been a, a kind of a kind of a, a good a good couple few weeks. I'm getting ready, believe it or not, on the on the painting table. I'm getting ready to do a, a dwarf, so it'll what? be kind of cool. It's been a long time since I painted any dwarves. What are you doing a dwarf for? I, I want him. Uh, he's in an Avatar's Warfig. I got oh, okay. it at uh, Invasion Kenosha, and I'm doing a little conversion work to kind of change him up. And I'm gonna do something a lot different with my basing on them than I did with my other dwarves and just kind of do them up really cool. And it might be the start of a new dwarf army. I don't Ooh. know. Owens is going to play dwarfs. I, well, so supposedly we'll get a new <laughs> book sometime, you know, in the next six months or so. So I'm wait for a book. So I'm going to kind of, I guess that would suck to put a lot of effort in and have them change again. On well, you again. Well, I think <laughs> I I, really your only problem right now is that your force is really kind of old. Yeah, it's a lot, of, edition. a lot of hand weapon and shields. I've got big blocks of hand weapon and shield warriors, but unfortunately big blocks of hand weapon and shield warriors just don't don't cut it and eat that. I need I need great weapons and I never really built those and I wanna see I kinda wanna see what the book does and uh, a little bit and I think it's kinda safe to to fiddle with a few models and see if I can get a color scheme that I really like. And I'm doing a model that's, I'm really doing this model as kind of a one-off that I put in the cabinet or show off a bit. But you know, if I'm really happy with the way it looks, maybe I'll do some more, you know, I'll get some, get inspired to do some more. So, but this is going to be the first time I've done a dwarf. That's going to be really kind of that, you know, the, the limit of my paint skills, hopefully. You were doing your hammer ears shortly when you stopped playing again. I know you had read, you have had several incarnations of your dwarf painting. I think you have your initial ones, and then you were you were starting your unit of hammers or something. Yeah, like I that. had stripped, I had stripped them and, and was doing a repaint on them, uh-huh. and now now I'm kind of to the point where I think I might would I would almost want to strip them again and do a repaint. Or I, I might not need to strip them. I might just go ahead and go back over the dwarves that sure. I worked on and, and just touch them up a little bit more. So yeah, your style has changed a little bit since then, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, and I'm also kind of curious when they do a new dwarf book if they come out with a plastics kit for those and see what the difference is because they do... That would make sense. They do look a little dated now yeah. with the rest of the, the rest of the look of the army, so... I, and I, and I'm not sure if I want to go like the hammers might stay in my model to hammers might stay with the rest of the army, but I might look at uh, trying to. I'm really looking at other model ranges other than Games Workshop for dwarves as well. I'm really looking for if I'm going to do these dwarves and I'm going to put this top notch effort into them. I want to have an army that looks really unique from anybody else's. So I'm looking at a lot of and and looks really sharp. I want top grade A sharp awesome look to it. So. I don't want if if it's just straight out of the box games workshop. I'm not necessarily going to sell into it now. If straight out of the box games workshop is the best I can find for the units I want, then by all by all means, certainly I'll I'll put them on the table. Cool. Okay, let's go ahead. We've been kind of rambling for almost forever here, so let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into my interview, and then we'll get on to our main topic. What what what's that place? The last the last circle? 
the, the last triangle? No, wait, the last square. That's what it is, the last square located on O'Dana Road. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah, they have a huge selection of miniatures. Everything from 5mm scale all the way up to 25, 28, everything you could imagine. Yeah, it's the basically the war game store of Madison, Wisconsin, with every wargaming need you can just about imagine or think you wanted, and a lot of things you didn't even know you wanted. Exactly. They also have model railroads and rockets. All sorts of good stuff for the geek in ya. All right. And if you can't get to the square, you can always check them out on their website, thelastsquare.com. Exactly. Okay, and we are back, and I am joined by Alex, who is one of the key organizers for Gamehole Con, which is happening here in Madison, Wisconsin. So, thanks for being on, Alex. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, to, uh, thanks for having me. Excellent. Now, Alex, what, what was the original idea for starting Gamehole Con? What was kind of the reason that this is getting off the ground? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, it was a it's a project that was born over many years. Uh, I am a member of a group of gamers who have been playing together for years. Uh, and we started off in my basement, and because for that reason, and because of our mutual love of the or our, our combined group of uh, a com- combined group of uh, lovers of the Hobbit, uh, we have dubbed ourselves the Game Hole. Uh, we've been playing for years, and we have always enjoyed big convention gaming. Uh, we go to Gen Con every year and a few other national cons. And it struck us as odd that a town such as Madison and a region such as Dane County that is so full of gamers and game stores that we did not have a truly great tabletop gaming convention, a tabletop gaming convention that would embrace the, the four pillars, as we consider them, of tabletop gaming, which are RPGs, collectible card games, miniature games, and board games. And uh, while we have some you know, good local conventions, there's nothing that really satisfies all those things in a place where, quite frankly, we would want to go and spend an entire weekend. You know, I would drop in and spend a few hours at a local convention, but there's nothing that kept me the whole time. So that was our goal uh, after Gen Con left uh, our region and went to Indianapolis, uh, is to, to create a convention the ultimate convention for local tabletop gamers, and we plan on, our, it's ambitious, uh, to be the premier tabletop gaming convention um, immediately. Uh, and we hope we've put uh, things in play uh, and taken steps to accomplish that. Oh, that's definitely been exciting to kind of follow. I've been following this since kind of around when it was kind of in its early days. I remember seeing the, the post, I think it was on one of the Yahoo groups that I was a part of for the local gaming somebody said hey you, you should check this out and i'm like okay i'll check it out and i started getting info about it right away so I've, I've been kind of excited to try to get something warhammer fantasy in in for quite a while and we've been talking via email for a long time on that but outside of the the warhammer fantasy events that obviously i'm i'm running what other kind of things can people that are going to go to game Con expect to see in its first year this year you bet. Uh, so we've, again, tried to address those four major areas of tabletop gaming. Specifically with miniatures, yes, uh, Ben, we really appreciate the submissions and help you're doing with Warhammer. That's great. We have a few other Warhammer games. We have a fleet, that's kind of a funny word to use for, uh, of uh, uh, um, Star Wars miniature games, X-Wing. We have uh, full two full days of X-Wing miniature games. We have a uh, Blood Bowl tournament, which is a uh, Swiss-style um, miniature tournament for those who are familiar with those uh, types of games. They usually hold one every year at Gen Con. Uh, we have a bunch of Hero Clicks games. Uh, but beyond that, we have um, 
tons of RPGs of all types, uh, lots of Pathfinder because that's very popular now. Uh, we're excited to have Chris Perkins, who is one of the lead designers of D&D Next, to come out as one of our special guests, and he's going to be running some playtests as well as giving some seminars on the subject. Uh, we have a lot of the TSR Old Guard that are coming back to run games for us, uh, Frank Mensner, Jim Ward, Ernie Gygax Jr., and so on. They're going to be playing original D&D, AD&D. Uh, then we have all kinds of other RPG submissions, Call of Cthulhu, and so on. I mean, we, we are very well represented in the RPG area. Uh, board games, again, we, our goal here was to try to be not an RPG con, not a, uh, a miniatures con, but really equal in all four. So we've, I think we've done a good job of doing that. We've gotten great support from the uh, Milwaukee Company of Gamers. They're a very large board game group out of Milwaukee, and they're going to be uh, running a free library for us. And they've also submitted a ton of games. Uh, we've also had, we've been overwhelmed, quite frankly, by the board game submissions. Uh, we have just about every kind of board game you can imagine that you can sit down and play uh, with uh, a, uh, a very knowledgeable uh, GM and enjoy the game and learn how to play it. Uh, collectible card games. We have Netrunner, a large Netrunner tournament, and also, I think, four or five uh, Magic the Gathering um, uh, tournaments as well. So, again, we're trying to satisfy every field of the or realm in, in the uh, tabletop gaming genre. Uh, we also have lots of free seminars. A lot of the special guests I mentioned are going to be giving uh, seminar talks. Those are free. Our board game library is free. Oh, another thing that I should mention uh, for those that are interested in uh, board game design, we're hosting an un unpub protozone, it's called, and that is a an event where folks who uh, are attempting to design a board game for publication come in set up and uh, attendees can sit down with them and play their game and give them feedback. Um, it's a big event that happens nationally and we have a smaller one. We have two dedicated halls that are holding it so it's a smaller version of it but it's still a very large event. Uh, all these things are going to be taking place taking place at the uh, Madison Sheridan which is fortunately is divided into a bunch of smaller halls so we can have uh, dedicated areas for dedicated things which cuts down on noise for one, re for one thing, uh, and also helps with organization. So as t in terms of, again, getting back to the special guests we have, um, another one that I, we're quite proud to have is uh, uh, Bill Cavalier, who is known as the Dungeon Bastard, who is a very popular figure online for his uh, Ask the Bastard feature. Uh, he talks about things D&D. &D. He'll be there to run some games and also have an, a live Ask the Bastard format, which will be really fun because he's quite frankly, hilarious. I'm looking forward to dropping in and seeing how that goes. Uh, we have the lovely Jen Page coming. Uh, if those who follow her work online, she is a, a star of many uh, uh, online uh, fantasy-themed uh, shows. She's going to be doing a, a screening of uh, her most recent show, Geek Seekers. She's also going to be doing something quite fun. Uh, Saturday night, late, she's going to do about an hour reading of The Hobbit. It's going to be with milk and cookies, and people can wear pajamas and have a little uh, reading with Jen Page. I think that'll be fun. And she's also going to be running some Call of Cthulhu for us. In addition, we have uh, Jim Ward, Zeb Cook, Frank Mensner, guys that wrote the books that, if you're an RPG player, really defined all of our use. Uh, and they're going to be there to run games and to give seminars. So we're, we're, we're very excited. 
I definitely remember just just saying all those names. I, I remember getting those old D and D books when I that's how I started with gaming back in the day. And there's just you just keep listing off people. I'm like, yep, yep, on my checklist to meet, on my checklist to meet. So this is definitely something that it's got me extra excited to be a part of for the the entire weekend, not just a day or two of coming in and doing say the Warhammer thing at a con and then leaving. We hope so. And speaking of those old books, another aspect of it is, of course, the the fantasy arts. And that's something that I remember as a kid is getting that Deities and Demigods book or the Player's Handbook and just being mesmerized by the images. Well, we have two of the original illustrators from TSR, uh, Jeff Easley and Terry Pavlet, who are going to be uh, there. Uh, they're going to be in the dealer hall, first of all, and also going to give a seminar talk about what life as an illustrator was like back then, what it's like now, and how to be successful in that field and to do a uh, portfolio review. So those who have any interest in fantasy art should definitely come by. Again, that's another free seminar that's available at our, at our con. So again, we're trying to be as broad as we can to uh, give the gamer a, real, uh, a full weekend so uh, you can come back for a couple of days and really dip your toes into a variety of things that will hopefully be enjoyable. Okay, now the most important questions, of course, is what what's it cost a, a gentleman for the weekend? And we're talking, this has got to be a $50, $60 package for the weekend, right? Well, I, I appreciate the question. And no, we're, we've, I think we've done a good job of trying to keep our costs down. We have a great facility, which those of you who are familiar with the Madison Sheridan, they did a big redo not too long ago. In fact, uh, when President Obama stayed here recently, that's where he stayed. So we have a nice facility, and we were able to negotiate, first of all, a very good price and uh, very good room rates. Those who are interested in getting a room, it's only $79, $79 a night, which is remarkable. So, But to, get to, to address your question, a full weekend badge, pre-registration available online is $35. If you buy it at the day of the show, it's $40 for a full weekend badge. Uh, individual day badges are uh, $20 for Friday and Saturday and $15 on Sunday. Beyond that, there is a game ticket cost, but those are very discreet. Those are $1 or $2 per game, uh, and that is just to help with GM rewards and to help offset our costs. Again, we're flying special guests from around the country, and we're, we're trying to do a good job with, with the setup, uh, graphics, and so on. So when you walk in, you know where you are and, and why you're there. We hope to have a, a visually attractive convention as well, not a one where you walk in and you're not really sure where to go. No, that's actually exceptional, and, and definitely that's far less than what I would have thought. Just off the top of my head, we would ch- a guy would have to pick up for a, pick up a pass for. So I'm that's even one more reason to to make sure that you're at this convention. Now, where can folks get more information about GameholeCon? That's right. Our website is gameholecon.com. www.gameholecon.com. A Google search on for a game hole will come up with it, game hole con, so on. But it's, that's the direct URL. Lots of information, descriptions of the special guests, what they're going to be doing. Uh, a complete games list is available. We're sitting here in late July as we uh, as we tape this. Pre-registration for events starts on August 1st. So all badges will be able to start registering for games in a couple of days. And been gratified by the uh, by the reception we received already. Uh, we sold a number of VIG uh, badges, which were something that were relevant a little while ago. It gives affords folks uh, early registration, early event registration, and uh, gives them a T-shirt. But uh, yeah, that's all available on our website. There is a contact us, and I field probably three or four emails a day, just with looking for clarification on what the game is or. Uh, what the the badge policies are, or or so on. So feel free to contact us. We we stand ready to to answer any of your questions you may have. 
Excellent. And of course, we'll include all of those, all of the links for GameholeCon and both the show notes for this episode, as well as on our links page at wiscodice.com. I very much appreciate that. And uh, Ben, personally, I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to all your listeners. And I hope to see many of you at GameholeCon, uh, November 1 through 3, uh, at the Madison Sheridan. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for taking the time. All right, when we come back, we'll go ahead and talk more Warhammer. Okay, and we are back. So how's it going, guys? Super. Okay. okay, we are joined here with Dustin, who has been kind of taking part of our terrain day today. Terrain. We're, may remember him from the last one. Yep, which was uh, two shows ago, I think, or something like that. Sounds about right, with the video and such. Yep, so of course, we'll go ahead and put up some additional video we shot today to kind of support what we're talking about. But we really just kind of plugged away on the projects we worked on last time. Yeah, we didn't start anything new. I guess you got into some more Herstart action. Yes, I did start that working on that. was about the only new thing, I think. Okay, so Dustin, what what did you kind of work on? What were your goals for today? All right, so my I don't know that I came in with any goals because uh, I wasn't sure how much time I was going to have. Had to work part of the Saturday morning, so that was unfortunate, but managed to come in strong. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. I was worried you were yeah, going to come I, when you I were was here too. already I, when I made it. I thought potentially I was going to have a full eight hours today, Yuck. but I got in, got the volcano completely base-coated, got some flock on the bases of the pillars... Got the blazing barricades all uh, embedded in some embankments and flocked, and got some really cool detail work done on the building that I'm really happy with. It feels to me like a throwback to the early 90s Chaos Dwarves, which is just kind of fun. Yeah, that's trimming out. It's looking really good now compared to just the blocks kind of like it was before. You really have a... Has a good look going now. Yeah, it definitely came a long ways. When I first looked at it, when it was just the blocks on stacked on top of it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. But no, it's really <laughs> looking good now. Oh, come on, Coach. No he faith. Tells you the no truth. faith. Yep. I had faith. I had faith that you had a vision. So, just oh, like, I I never have a vision. I make it up as I go along. Is that what you're going to tell me with my stuff when I'm all done? Yeah. You definitely are full of vision. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if there's anything else in there. It's getting there. I think it's working out. It, it's slowly but surely is yeah. the approach you've got going on My there. Tower of Doom is what I've been working on. Yep. <laughs> Somewhat dark elfy. Hopefully it's kind of dark elfy. It looks dark elfy. I think painting will help. It's either dark elfy or full of Mordor. One or the other. We're not sure. And usually they're pretty close to the <laughs> same architecture. A little bit of both and we'll be good. We can use it for both things. Yeah, that is a, <laughs> that is a kind of a cool aspect you got going there. Just got to throw a fell beast on top of it. Yeah. I don't think there's a room to land a fell beast on your <laughs> Too design. Too many spikes. <laughs> Too many spikes, not to mention the yeah. little round thing now you put on the top. Yep. So this, Yeah, it was completely designed for defending from the air, apparently. <laughs> okay, so when you showed up, you came armed with dowels. Yep, I needed dowels. That was a big materials need required for today. And, and then more dowels showed up. Yeah, I brought one size. I thought it would be fine. I hadn't looked at my tower in a long time. And then when I got here, I definitely wanted a little bigger ones. And now it sounds like next time, even larger dowels um, are probably going to show up. I'm still debating about that. I was going to try and see if I can still manage with the... I'm using quarter inch right now. 
I have a couple different sizes of quarter inch. <laughs> now, now High what, quality control. Yeah. Yeah. What are you using this dowel for? Um. Well, the dowels are kind of ribbing the corners of my tower. And they're also like the finals for the spikes. So they come all the way up the sides and end up being the spikes at the very top of it, kind of the center built up portion of it. Then on the platform, they're also following the same lines as the other dowels, but trimming off the walls to a spike and kind of giving it an extra little detail with the roundness of the dowel, trimming it all out. And what triggered the need to use these dowels to fill in here? Well, I kind of had thought of it before, but I didn't think it would be necessary, but I botched my walls for the platform. Like the thing kind of has an hourglass shape to it. So the platform I also made at like an angle, maybe like a 70 degree angle or so, just a slight angle to kind of follow the curve of the structure. And then I cut my wall sections out that like trim that all off without taking into account that angle. <laughs> so when you put them on the angle, the, the course they splay out at the top and don't meet, and then they come together at the bottom like too close. <laughs> so it's like, crap, do I have to recut all these and then try and figure the angle, which would be kind of interesting to try and figure out, along with the spiky curve kind of design I have to it. That probably would have been a mess. So I had the idea of maybe using the dowels before, but I didn't think I really needed them. But then I needed them to kind of fix the mistake of it. And I think it's it's definitely looking good on the other part. I Today, I pretty much got the top mostly done besides like the skeleton base of it. There'll be some spackle is really good. It's going to fill in a lot of the base on there. But trimming that out with the dolls, I think that looks pretty awesome. That did turn out really quite spectacular, yeah. I thought. So I got to kind of match that with the rest of it and then also getting the dowels like i said it's got that hourglass shape to i'm going to trim them up the sides of the corners on the lower part of the tower and it has to fit that kind of curve of the hourglass so i have no clue how i'm going to get those to be glued on i have rubber bands that were picked up for me more of my last minute supplies needed. i'm looking forward to seeing uh what you come up with yeah for that. it's gonna be creative it was easy enough to do them on the top i did like four at a time like half and half so i had something to hold on to but Getting them on that curve and getting them to stay in the right place. Maybe if I do one at a time, but then it's going to have to dry really, really solid before I do a second one. So, I don't know. I've been kind of avoiding that section. <laughs> I, I remember something from elementary school with, like, making canoes by getting the, the, the wood wet yeah, and bending was, it. You're going to have to get all, like, <laughs> crazy to Native them. American skills on and this one. high-quality dolls at the store. There was one curved one. <laughs> in the stack but i would have needed two i think to finish it out i debated about buying the one curved one but there was only one so i'm like ah i won't worry about it then. <laughs> and, and it was only partially curved so i'm not sure if it would have worked out but we'll see maybe i can leave like a book on them or something and between something and next time i come they'll have a curve to them and that'll make it a little easier i understand we have a perfect paperweight kind of book uh laying around here so <laughs> yeah i think we utilized that last time we were here the war of the ring book unfortunately the only good use we've found for that book so eh, far i don't know if i i never really had a strong opinion about that game but if i'm playing lord of the rings i definitely like the strategy battle yeah i think well, that's what my i think that's what i said last time about it <laughs> quite different and quite uh quite a difference in quality of the two games too so in my opinion yeah yeah there's some weird things with war of the ring i don't know if anybody still plays that really but. <laughs> I, I don't know anybody that plays that so anyways 
so we talked about Dustin and what he Dustin's projects and what he worked on today, and we've talked about your project and where you're kind of progressed at this yeah, point. A huge work in progress. It's going to be many more hours put into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking the work I got done today. Even last time I got quite a bit done. I mean, it's coming along. It's just taking time, but it's hopefully going to be freaking awesome. Freaking I fracking awesome. It does look fracking awesome right now. So I mean, yeah, I really like that top. I mean, it really that top looks came pretty up. awesome. So hopefully, I can match that with the rest of it. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I believe guess the, in you. My other progress. I did get my shoddy walls glued onto the sides. I had to trim them down, and they're glued onto the sides. And then I was at the dilemma of figuring out getting the dowels on the walls of the platform. That's <laughs> where I'm at currently. Yeah, all the sides are on there, and then that top is pretty well roughed out now. I just had glued the last four on, and and then you observe that it's starting to get a little top heavy, a little bit. Yeah, if you knock that thing, it is going to have another base layer. I, you brought up the idea of putting it in like kind of an outcrop of a rock that's coming out of, so that's going to be added on eventually, and that'll help anchor it. Yeah, I think I'll have to put it on like some of the quarter inch board or whatever that hardboard. And and then we joked base it out. <laughs> and then we joked about it as being a weapon about yep. about running a one inch lead pipe up through the center <laughs> of it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, my spikes probably wouldn't hold up for that. But I'll have to switch them out <laughs> for metal ones. <laughs> Just make it a full on weapon. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, moving into uh, I guess what I worked on today. So I started- nothing. He was lazy. He was highly motivated. He was what? Good to go. <laughs> Man, no love for the Conesy today. Besides, besides running around and making sure that you guys had all sorts of project materials that you could work on. Yeah, there's definitely enough materials around here. There was a glue dilemma. <laughs> I, I ran up and fixed that. Like everybody was trying needed the glue at once. That was true. So, anyways, I did actually do some work, on, even though these guys don't really want to agree with that. We're just so whiny about it. It's stuck in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did work on uh, that foam core building that I had started on last time, and I had I basically had the structure built, and, and in between last time and this time, I did spray it uh, with a red primer. And which is kind of a maroon, dark red, it's a good brick red. Color. It was yeah, really yeah. good brick red. It was a really good foundation. That was what I was looking for. Was to give me the you know foundation, a color on the uh, on the brickwork because the rest of it I figured I could just kind of you know that wouldn't be so bad to paint the rest of it. Uh-huh. With first start blocks, I found that they just suck up paint in a hurry without a primer coat on them. So it, it for me it's a little less frustrating if I can just prime it first and then do the paint. So I started. I did. I focused with doing it with a red primer. And then I went ahead and I've you know just kind of filled in kind of a, a beige wall that's gonna it's still waiting for a, another dry brush, and I painted the the boards were brown and I did all the rock with a gray dry brush you know painted them black and then did a gray dry brush on them and I've done some work on the bricks I think the bricks are really starting to look out they need a, like another layer or two of of uh, of bright color I was thinking maybe just a touch of orange a real light oh, real really? light fine orange dry brush just oh, to bring out the, the brick the I brightness the stone on the bottom because the stone you have yeah the stone looks excellent on the foundation of yep. it so I think yeah the top yeah the roof and the chimney need a little bit more pop to it some zazz yep <laughs> some zazz. and then I just finished uh I put sand and on the base work now the little bit of a of a base that it has sticking out it's mm-hmm. about a half inch or an inch all the way around the structure. So I put some sand on that, glued that in place, and painted that over with an initial brown coat to start with. 
And then I'm going to dry brush that, and then I'll put some shrubberies and... Some shrubberies? Shrubbery! <laughs> With a little path running down the middle? Yep. <laughs> be a little path to the door. And uh, I, I finished that up. It'll look... I think it'll look really nice. Um, I think the, the key to terrain is to have it look nice, but it doesn't need to be so crazy ridiculous awesome that it, it overshadows the miniatures that are being played played on That's that same true. table. <laughs> Your miniatures hope, will be good enough for our tables. Towers on the way for destroying some miniatures. <laughs> Aside from falling over on it. <laughs> yeah. I hope no. the awesomeness pans out. Well, it's gonna it's gonna matter with what you do for I think uh, ultimately what what that gets for a paint job. Yeah, the paint's gonna be rough to yeah. It looks kind of busy right now with all the... I have wood dowels and then the white foam core board and then the blue foam. It seems really busy looking at the moment, so it'll be nice when it has some consistency there. But yeah, it has a lot of room for paint, and that'll be interesting to see what I can do with that. <laughs> maybe maybe some corpses hanging off of some of the ramparts or yeah, something. Yeah, I think that was going to be an excellent plan to add some skulls on chains and bodies and skeletons and prisoners and <laughs> stuff like that to kind of strung up yeah bring I mean, out the dark elf theme a little bit bring out the uh evil theme at least a little uh -huh. bit on it so then what else did i work on i worked on that i was gonna say on your building you had the door trimmed out with like blue yeah i blue did trim on that i did trim that with blue. About. i wanted some other color on the thing to kind of make that part stand out and i thought the blue went well with the the reds yeah you're talking about freehand and some accent on there or something too yeah right? i'm gonna do something more Still it needs a, a little progress. bit something more like a really light blue or something to just kind of do some swirls and stuff with it to, to kind of it's got kind of these griffins or dragon head look you know on the two sides of the door that i just kind of cut out of some thin card last time uh -huh. and yeah i just popped it off with some blue which is accents it well on the building yeah, but it's, it it's really still good. a little a little bland uh, a little plain in comparison to like the door which is was a her starts door so there's a lot more texture on the door itself and i want to do something to bring that out a little bit more bring that additional make it look a little more fancy were you ever were you gonna throw any shutters on that or anything i don't know if you had ever decided your windows are pretty thin already so it's probably not horribly necessary i don't know what i'm gonna do it looks a little bit plain around the windows so i i kind of want to do something but i i don't know if that on the by the time i call this project finished and move on to the uh -huh. next one that i'm actually going to ultimately do anything with them yeah. but i think it needs it is it gonna have like a sign or torches or anything hanging on this thing it's definitely gonna have a sign i don't know about the torches i'm not sure if i've got materials here or bits sure. laying around to do torches really not in that dungeon kit for the hearth start i don't think so i guess there was like yeah just the free campfire kind of thing they don't set up well anyways without doing a resin cast and i'm not really comfortable oh, yeah, doing a resin cast sense. yet all right just curious do you have a name for your inn yet yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be the end of the last home or something silly like that <laughs> <laughs> but i i don't know i i really haven't gotten that far with the project I want to get it painted and, and table worthy, and then next, worry about the next. And level. then and then ne worry about the next levels. That way, it's ready to go in case I, I don't get back to it because I want to continue to work on projects as I continue to get closer to Mayhem. And it's one of the things that I I find myself doing every year as I get close to Mayhem is going through the terrain that I have from previous years. Hopefully, won't have a big crunch like yeah. we usually ha. seem to do for trying to get a bunch of stuff ready remember a uh, panicked session about a week beforehand last year <laughs> where i was oh. the only one who showed up to help 
It's uh, I was there Brian earlier, showed I think, up, and then you yeah. took all the credit for my face coating of that. <laughs> yeah, actually, it ran whatever out it's of... called, that crazy GW tower building thing. Yeah, I don't... It normally has the dome on top of it. The, like, astronomer's called, but thing. Yeah. It's pretty eccentric, the, and there's a lot of... The, whatever that $75 kit. and such, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I don't know, it's good that happened, because now... You seem to be all over making sure the train's good to go and you have all your bins ready. That's traditionally happened every year. (laughs) There's always things last minute like that to make sure everything's top notch, good to go. But yeah, it's it's getting closer to where now I'm I'm far more concerned about just organizing and getting the organization better. Whereas previous years, it was try to remember what I have in all the bins, try to fix up the stuff because everything was in like two or three big bins. Yeah. And then try to sort out what I had out of that and make theme tables from what I had. And then, oh, hey, crud, I really have this project or this project. Or, oh, I really want to finish this piece of terrain to add this. <laughs> or, oh, oh, I've got more people coming, so I need to have more tables or something like that is the way it traditionally, historically has been for me. Uh-huh. And it was kind of – so the terrain portion, while it's always constantly improved, I think, over the years, it's been really just pull it out of thin air kind of – last minute deals and this is the first year where i've really kind of started to focus uh well beforehand on on the terrain and trying to uh, work up at least one if not two or three more new tables full tables of terrain as well as focus on getting a head start getting some projects knocked out and making an atmosphere that makes you guys want to keep coming back and talk not only talking about it on the show but also doing you know wanting to come by and, and help out with putting your two cents in to help make this year's mayhem far more a showcase of what madison is about and madison wargaming and warhammer is about rather than just uh the Conzi show you know because that's that's one of the things I, i'd really like to see as the years progress here this is the fifth year we're going to go into merry mayhem this year and that's something i really would like to see is this become something more that someday i can walk away from or i can maybe not walk away from but i can definitely take a step back and take on more of an overall event organizers and have somebody kind of fill into that role of running the the fantasy events and the tournaments and stuff like that and know that that i'm going to be able to have it run well and that they're going to have great supplies so that they have less of a worry than what i originally launched yeah it'll be cool thing definitely as it gets bigger i mean we already have uh, the privateer press games on the same day now and 40k and Yep. everything <laughs> yeah we're doing what 40k the plan is to do 40k fantasy and privateer press all the same day uh-huh. so that's always a challenge trying to find venue space and and get the the whole event launched so it's it's really good to at this point to be focusing on getting those projects completed so i did futz around though uh back on the terrain talk i did futz around with the her starts blocks and you got to watch me make some bricks yeah that was neat i never really actually saw or looked up any i mean i'm sure there's plenty of youtube on it just to see how it's actually made like i've never even seen the her start molds so i've had no clue but it was definitely a really cool simple process i guess i mean you have that one little mold and like we were talking about how many times you have to cast it because ben was whining because he was running out of bricks <laughs> i did I there did was start, a lot of whining <laughs> i did start assembly on a on a i thought i had enough bricks cast for this uh cobblestone bridge uh-huh. and uh, as i started to assemble it i realized about through the second the second row of bricks for the for the bridge itself 
I'm like, crud, I'm out of bricks that I need to finish this yeah, project. Like you said you had to do it like six more times. And I'm gonna have to yeah, I'm gonna have to cast that I'm gonna have to cast the two bricks that I need to complete <laughs> yeah. to complete the project I'm working more working on six yeah. more times, which is six times when you're talking her start small cast isn't too bad. I mean, I've got like a round tower that's gonna take twenty four casts before I can build the stock what they what their stock recipe says to do, mm-hmm. and that thing's gonna be massive when it's done. Yeah, that stuff's really cool. I mean, it seems like there's tons of options there. I mean, even aside from just building their kits, you can do plenty of things with all those different blocks. I mean, you built that, you added onto that foam core house just to, yeah, it was just with a, the foam or the, the her start added to it, and that changed it. Like, I mean, that's a completely different animal. Yeah, it's just just quick, easy adds to some projects. Uh, I've seen, I've gotten a lot of inspiration. I I, I kind of started on it before Brian did or Brian Giese did. So with I, I started a little bit before Brian Giese from the Crippled Systems podcast, but doing the Herstart stuff. But he kind of just when he decided to do it, he went all in. And the stuff, so a lot of the stuff that he's done and the creativity that he's done in, in a lot of his projects and the design work and stuff that he's done uh, has really every time he comes to Mayhem and he brings a lot of a lot of not all of his terrain to kind of supply for the forty or not the forty k the uh, the privateer press area is just really cool and so i would like to see a lot more her starts projects in mm-hmm. the fantasy side as well yeah i haven't seen too much of his big stuff except for at mary mayhem i guess i don't really remember anything too notable unfortunately but he's made just tons of stuff for like the game store just dropping off a bunch of barricades or whatever i mean just simple walls and stuff are done really easily with that he's got the one modular table that he brings to to mayhem and a lot of events that's it's literally all her starts blocks <laughs> really just a modular cityscape huh, wow. that's really cool that. that yeah that sounds awesome yeah it's it's really quite spectacular it's worth checking out if you get to go to that tournament so uh we unfortunately don't have a date to announce yet for it so we're still working on trying to, to nail down the venue so hopefully in the next week or two we'll we'll start getting that out Ooh. ah <laughs> okay anybody else got anything to add about terrain or what the projects you worked on or what maybe what what are your goals on your projects for the next time we kind of get together it's hard to say with mine i mean it's really just plugging away as i'm going plugging uh, away on your yeah. tower i mean those dowels are going to be the next thing i'm doing so i'm trimming the dowels on the wall for the platform and then the curved ones like i was saying down the sides of the base are gonna be the next things i'm working on and then after that it'll be kind of added in the putty and spackle to kind of fill in gaps and flush it all out and that's where that'll take me i think i was also going to plank the platform too like i was asking him like i had saw some her start like whatever planks but just using balsa wood seems to make a lot more sense yeah i think that's it, it's and easier to work with too then beyond that i do need to add doors to like the well aside from that whole stone structure i was going to build for the base of it that does need a door to get into it and then one to get out onto the platform too so i'm kind of thinking about how that's going to work out so i think i'll have to build at least the bottom one out kind of from the sides a little bit kind of have a little i don't know what to call it but it'll have to be built off of it a little bit but maybe on the top platform i can get away with just slapping it on the side of the wall but i'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with the doors yet in other words (laughs) okay (laughs) dustin you got any goals for next time well, all of my projects are foam-based or involve foam, so the uh, base coating process has to be done by hand. It takes a while. You were trying to pawn that off to anybody <laughs> willing. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to be 
base coating in black, everything that hasn't gotten that to this point. And then I actually think the next time I'm going to try and finish that volcano, paint it start to finish, add some, uh, some lava in there and call her done. Yeah. Now that you got the base coat on it, that'll be a good spot to work on it from oh, next yeah. time. Yeah, you probably need to give me a list of any colors you need additional to what I currently have on stock. Like I'm, I'm really light on oranges and yellows yeah, and stuff like that. But I, I will need reds, oranges, and yellows. All right, sounds good. I think, um, as far as I'm concerned, I really, I, I think that house is probably going to be to the point where I'm finished with it either later tonight or sometime before we get together the next time. So that'll be nice to kind of have that put away and behind me. And the next the next goal for me is I want to start getting some of those Her Starts projects. Like I'm working on putting together the uh, cobblestone bridge right now. And so I want to do that and I want to do some river sections to kind of go with it. And I'm going to pour those out of that resin that I use for the swamp project. Yeah, I never had really saw this finished swamp in person. But I, yeah, that looks really good. So like just clear resin on it. So I thought it turned out well. So my idea, my next step is I'm going to do a, a river, kind of a, a couple of river sections with that 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 same material and see how that turns out, and kind of couple it with a her starts project to kind of help help it stand out and look really unique. And that's going to go, I think, with I think that'll end up ultimately going on the same table. That building is that I just that I've just made. That'll go on the same same built same table. Seems fitting. And then I've got I want to do a. Since I'm going to start, kind of start focusing on doing that as a whole table rather than rather than uh, as its own kind of individual project, I'm also then going to add. I think uh, I want to do a barn or something to go with that to kind of. So here I have this roadside like a stable in, kind of yeah, place. some kind of that would stable, be cool. yeah. Because it makes sense that there'd be like an outlying structure or something with yep. that with a with a roadside in outhouse. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe a that little, a little outhouse. Chaos warrior block can fit in. Yeah, of course. You want to be able to put all, a, all of the last mayhem that irritated the crap out of me. Fifty or so orcs should be able to fit in one of those. In yeah. one outhouse, that yeah. climb in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> seventy or eighty clan rats can definitely come out of that. <laughs> come out of the pool. I mean, come on. It's just like it's just it's it's a it's a, it's a there's a massive labyrinth of caves underneath it. <laughs> They just file in. The rats go marching one by one. Hurrah. Hurrah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's definitely where I, I want to try to knock that, trying to start focusing on that. And the, the, the stable structure is going to be kind of the one that I'm going to have to do a little research and sorting Thinking out before about. I it thought before I actually build it. So to try to match the theme and also then because I, I, one of the things I talked about when I started that building too is that I wanted to kind of work in say World War II oh, type yeah, Europe right. as well so I, any structures I go with it I want to kind of meet that same theme so that I, the whole table can ultimately then be used for bolt action games that I've kind of gotten into and I know that you're I have interest in it for sure I guess I mean I kind of put my foot into the war machine I think that might have filled the spot like I got hung up on trying to figure out what the heck to buy I was meaning to borrow your rule book and I think that would have got me started a little bit because I mean you can buy a regiment kit but then they come with all the different weapons it's like well what the heck should I build these things with and there's plenty of other different guns and whatever else I have no clue what the benefit of one over the other would be or like what would be sufficient to have like a battle force ready to go how much stuff i'd need 
Yeah, that's where that's where I kind of thought we'd start out with like two squads of five and maybe oh. a vehicle, and then and then a box comes with like twenty or twenty five guys or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. So then you've got a lot of flexibility on how you assemble and build the rest of your stuff as yeah. we kind of figure out the game. But yeah, then I was confused trying to figure out even on their site. Just I don't know, it yeah. wasn't really order organized like here. This is a set or army or whatever kind of thing. You really have a lot of options to choose from there's a, that's one of the things i found intimidating when we got into when i started getting into flames, flames of war. war because it's it's really kind of there's so many different force organization charts to pick yeah. from to begin with and it didn't seem like it was really apparently clear so it was really hard as a beginner to sort out what i actually needed to buy and get get a force together you know what what really constituted you know what was the actual right guns to put on maybe even on models what's you know it was hard to pick out those mm -hmm. differences to to kind of put everything together but now that i've kind of got a lot more investment and did a lot a lot more reading and i've started to build up my collection to the point where i think i've just over a thousand points painted now from my american rifle company it's uh it, it's it's a lot less intimidating like i'm starting to really know the the material and it's it's been great to kind of read and know about the the world war ii history stuff as well so that's anyways. That's that's not really what this show is about. We're talking about we're here to talk about fantasy, and we and really we talk about the terrain that we worked on today and our hopes for for next time. So I think at this point, let's go ahead and wrap this segment up. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and talk more Warhammer and and kind of wrap up the show. Woo! Okay, on today's Conzie's Rant, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about some things that I saw recently, both on Twitter and with some conversations I watched from some interviews uh, regarding the U.S. ETC team. And this isn't to, like, I don't want to put anybody on the spot or make anybody feel like I'm really calling them out specifically, but I think there is some bias and some real anger uh, that's been kind of going around in the community from both sides, it seems, a little bit about uh, how ETC team decisions are made and who gets included and who doesn't get included. Well, the ETC <laughs> is the ETC? European, European Team Championships. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's one of the largest events in the world. So if you don't really know about what the ETC is, you can jump on the Warhammer Forum. There's usually a bunch of threads there I see. Uh, about it but basically you take i think it's eight guys um form your country's team right. and uh, apparently in the etc rules whoever jumps on it first from whatever country basically for all following years gets control over deciding who is in the team for all future years that's kind of goofy and well for most countries this really isn't a problem like if you think about it, it's the european team championships uh -huh. So you think about European countries, they're all fairly small. I guess so. You know, it's... I, yeah, I guess that does make sense. There's a lot of people crammed in those small countries. <laughs> yeah, there is. And and it makes for a, a lot different, 
Like when I can get from one side of my country to the other side of the country in a day drive, that's a lot different than what it is here in the uh-huh. U.S., you know? Yeah, here in the U.S., you know, a day drive will get me halfway, halfway. across across the country. <laughs> that's you constant know. drive. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a constant twelve or thirteen hour drive. Like six hours, you can probably cross most European ones, I imagine. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think like England is a ten hour drive or oh, something really? like that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm I mean I'm not authoritative here on we the distances. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on on what the real distances are. But they're in comparison though geographically, the U.S. is a just as a country is just massive and uh-huh. and there are I don't know if there's enough representation say from the Midwest that would be interested in, in going and making those commitments it's a, it's a serious a commitment to going trip, to the ETC yeah. and which is almost always in Europe and and competing and then there's the comp rules that like we in the Midwest don't use and uh, a lot of those kind of things and we don't practice any any events that are like that but some of the comments I kind of saw was yeah, there was an interview that was done by Bad Dice with the US ETC team, and it kind of set off some anger on the side. And that, in my mind, that's, you know, as much as it frustrates me that the representation for the ETC, and I'm not thinking I'm ever good enough, so don't get me wrong there. I, I have no <laughs> delusions of grandeur here that I should ever be a part of the team. But I know some bros that, I, that would really like to be a part of of the etc team and because of where they geographically live i don't know and the fact that they don't play with those guys and they don't you know those guys really don't play in any of our events there's no real uh understanding and there were some comments that from the the us etc team about adepticon and in particularly calling out the midwest warhammer scene as not being the same or not being as good as I hate to tell you boys I take a, a couple of our guys in in our scene a couple of our better our really good top tournament players that are always consistently out there like a Mike Gerald a Joe Rogers just a couple name a couple and throw them up against your best any time of the week and, and I think it goes to show like we you talk about like South Coast GT look at how how Joe Joe did at that that's First time being there, first time really converting to kind of a comp system. Great players, doesn't matter what system they or rules they use, they're going to be great no matter what. So, quit. You don't. You, that was kind of uncalled for. It was a low blow. But then I, some of the comments I saw on Twitter were just as low. And I think us from the Midwest, honestly, we're a lot better than that. So it kind of it made me more upset to see those comments as retorts. Then it made me see the, especially from some of who some of the, the retorts were from. Then it made me to see the the initial video and and to to kind of see those initial kind of put downs to begin with. So it goes into being a good sport and and being what this game should be about versus that kind of tit for tat kind of bs because i I tell you that's one way to to really help build that barrier even further and and try to make sure that nobody from the midwest is ever considered for the team the us etc team so keep it in mind boys we i think us from the midwest are a lot better than that okay so brian what did we talk about today what we did and especially terrain and there was an interview Yep, we talked. To, I talked to Alex from Gamehole Con. That was a great interview. Uh, it was really kind of an honor. He just he just kind of took control and just told us all about it. it. Was great. I didn't really have to 
lot of interviews I've done and people I've talked to have had to kind of push them and prompt them. And Alex was just really forthcoming about that convention. He's you can tell him he's really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, we did talk a lot about what we we kind of kind of was a big catch up there at the beginning. Yeah, for sure, we played a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of games kind of happened and transpired and some tournament play that happened in there. But we did talk quite a bit about train. We did talk quite a bit about our projects, and of course, we'll put up a video to kind of go with that. And I don't know that it'll be that long. I didn't shoot tons of video, but there should be good some good status updates on those projects. See so you can see on my yep. awesome sauce tower. Yep, and of course, I think when I release this episode, I'll do like <laughs> I did the last time and put up photos of all of the work in progress yeah. stuff at that point when I release the show. Because that was kind of nice to kind of go along and support the material, so you can you'll be able to check out this. If you list, catch us on iTunes or something like that, you can always go to the Wisco Dice website and check that out as well. So it'll be great. So we're gonna try to get get together and I hopefully record again yet this month. It's gonna be kind of tight. We got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, I think that'll be more of a maybe a battle report or something like that. Yeah, I've been wanting to do a battle report again. Hopefully, you guys would enjoy it too. So let's let's kind of think uh, two or three weeks from now we're gonna get back together. So what do you think you, as far as your hobby goals? What do you what do you got there for the next two or three? I don't weeks? know. I guess we were also talking about a paint day. Hopefully getting that together. I mean, like I said, I've been looking for trying to figure out what to paint. I think I really just gotta. I mean, like I said, I could slap more paint on my ghouls, but I really need to put my foot in the door for my next project of painting to get something working. Otherwise, I just have a little bit of modeling. I'm only my Bretts. If I were to paint them, I do need to do some more modeling to them. I don't have all of them cleaned up. What I'm putting on the table right now, like half of my errants still need to. I bought them from one of our other local guys when he got out of the hobby so there's still a lot of mold lines on a lot of them that i want to go through and clean back up and they've been pretty rough handled for quite a while the ones that i haven't like uh, reworked myself and same with like some of my peg nights and my questing nights still would have to be redone and i have no well i guess two of my characters i don't have like my general my famous boring model i don't know if i could ever change him but (laughs) i might have a stand-in at some point (laughs) yeah but so yeah, there'd be a lot of hobby work there if I decide to paint those guys. I mean, I do have enough stuff where I can get a start on something though, just to feel it out and then know where I'm at from there. Otherwise, maybe painting some War Machine. I'm not sure. I'd rather paint Warhammer for sure though. I think. And my Bretts and my Menoth would be similar paint styles too. So I think the Peasants might be a better place to start. That because it'll be kind of a different project than what I've been used to painting. My Undead stuff is all I've done so far. Um, but other than that, I want to finish out assembling stuff so I have a good Menoth force. But that's really my only main goal. I'm intimidated by school coming up here pretty quick, so I have sure. no clue what's going to happen. Then I hope I don't drop off the face of the earth completely. But yeah, we hope you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to take care of that. We'll still hear from me on the show, but yeah, we'll we'll try to manage that and of uh-huh. course mayhem. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think for myself, I've obviously I got some Flames of War stuff I have to finish up. I got a couple of Shermans and some. Some other command squads, command teams, and uh, heavy machine or an HMG or heavy machine gun team. I want to finish for that. So and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna stop working on Flames of War for a little bit, mostly because I ran out of black primer, and uh, <laughs> otherwise I would finish off the. I've got a full squad for the uh, for uh, heavy machine guns. That I'd like to finish um, before I stop painting on them for a little bit, but. Uh, since I don't, since I don't, I ran out of primer and I, I haven't had a chance to get to the store and pick any up when I've actually had money in my pocket. 
I'm going to go ahead, and with Gen Con coming up, I really don't want to blow any additional money on my gaming budget until after Gen Con. So I'm going to go, I'm, my, my biggest goal will be to finish up those, and if I can get a start on, finish, and if I can finish up that dwarf conversion on that model I talked about earlier, I think as far as hobby and, and paint, maybe get him primed and, and get some paint started on him, that's about as much as I would kind of expect to get done in the next few, next couple, two, three weeks. But then moving on from there, of course, I talked about Gen Con. I'll be at Gen Con. We're heading on Friday. So I'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Saturday, I'm doing a bunch of Her Start seminars. So I'm really looking forward to getting some, getting some additional tips and tricks out of uh, using Her Start blocks from that. And, uh, of course, I'm um, seeing the Cool Mini or Not booth, seeing the Malifaux booth, uh, even checking out the GW. GW will be there. They'll have a booth, so checking that out. Talking to hopefully they bring, hopefully it's like last year and they bring over a bunch of guys from the UK so you can kind of chat with them for a little bit. Even though it seemed like it was a pretty busy booth last year. <laughs> and just all the other new minis and stuff and new board games that are coming out. I'm really looking, I'm really stoked for that. It's next weekend. Uh, this show should be released before then, hopefully, knock on wood. From Gen Con, then we have the Tournament of Champions for the WWHFB, which is a small tournament I'm running at the last square. Is that two weeks from this weekend? Yeah, it should be two weeks from this weekend. Yeah, I guess it's the 27th. Yep. Some, well, no, it's probably the 25th or uh, six, Something like that. Something. I, I don't remember, but it's 2,000 yeah. points. You can check the calendar at thelastsquare.com uh, for when it is, and you can go to the wwhfb.com and check out the for all the details on what you can bring and what the dates are and stuff like that. So it's, I'm looking. I've got a lot of stuff on my plate in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully I can get some hobby done. Obviously the edit on this show, and maybe even the edit on the video. So it's going to be a lot of work. It seems like your hobby has slowed down a little bit since the beginning of the summer. But I think it's just all the events, and everything. <sighs> events, kind of a little bit of burnout. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's there's been a, a couple of factors. Work has gotten really nuts. So, yeah, there's been a lot of factors why the hobby slowed down. But don't worry. I'll still find a way to beat Andrew Sherman by the end of the <laughs> year. So, even if even if it means I have to take take a week or two off of work, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. Yeah, don't you worry about that. I will I will find a way to get him, get past him. So, uh, plus there's been a little bit – I guess there's been a little bit of shift in some of my hobby time too because I did some – I did finish – I did do some work on terrain, and I, yeah. you know, we've we've spent some time, a lot, a couple of dedicated days now on on working on terrain. Hopefully, another pretty quick. That and I got sucked into Mass Effect, so yeah, I finally finished those those games. So that was uh, that's out of the way. God, I thought those were brilliant, <laughs> brilliant though. Those were really, really up my alley. You like the third one? Even? I I, heard I didn't necessarily care for the gameplay them. as good, and and the gameplay didn't seem like it was. The storyline wasn't nearly as good, but I thought like I heard a lot of people complain about the ending, and there's a lot of different multiple and different types of endings, and I ended up watching all of them on YouTube after I finished the game because <laughs> I'm like I'm not replaying this and doing the choices over and over and over again until I see all the endings. But I thought all the and and I didn't have mine is not I didn't get the extended endings and I so I watched all of them with the extended endings from like one of the special versions of the game. Mm-hmm. So like the core game, the ending was kind of. Yeah, but when I got the extended ending, when I watched the extended ending version, wow, that was really good. I thought it was really cool. cool. So I really, really enjoyed those games, uh, going through them all and, and doing them all. Nice. So 
now I'm done with them, so I can. I also that was a reason why I started getting back on the painting table and getting some of that Flames of War stuff done. So I was finally yeah. finished up. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, this week is really where I thought I started to bust some stuff out again. <laughs> so, so that must have been what happened. It, it was a good break. Yeah, I finished Mass Effect, and I'm like, what am I gonna do with myself now? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll. Oh, yeah, I've always made. I guess I'll go back to painting. Oh, hey, I got this Flames of War stuff. I'll start working on that. Oh, yay! And that's you know also since I had kind of a break, I changed up the paint scheme a little bit, and I'm happier. <laughs> you know. Maybe I'm happier with the end result, but it the it doesn't necessarily match 100% with the other stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll go. We'll, we'll we'll work on it. We'll plug away. We'll make we'll make some adjustments. Anyways, I think that pretty much wraps this thing up. Let's go ahead and and uh, thank all of our sponsors. You know, uh, Misty Mountain Games and Diversions, Last Square, and of course the WWHFB for helping us put on the show, and of course. Yeah, please uh, go ahead and reach out to us, whether you leave us an iTunes review, which we really very much appreciate, or you go ahead and email us at hosts at wiscodice.com. Check out the website, wiscodice.com. Of course, we've got all sorts of good stuff. We're starting to try to even find a little time to put up some more blog content there that we don't necessarily talk about on the show. I know I did a, a great article on how to do my Tomb Kings basing just recently. And there's a article I did about painting red, and and hopefully even Brian will find some time. And I think yeah, Dustin's. I really should just kind of throw up something to follow along with what I've been doing. It's probably about the best I would do, but might be interesting. Yep. And then of course you know we're gonna uh, Dustin's coming on board now too to hopefully do some blog articles about some of the crazy projects he did. Yeah, know, he so maybe definitely you can has some... enough interesting stuff you'd want to check out. So hopefully we can get hopefully we can come up with enough stuff to keep you interested and come give you a reason to come back. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then of course uh, you know you can catch us always on all the social media: Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, Google Plus. So if you're on any of those, reach out to us. Let us know what you think of the shows. Let us know what, you know, good, bad, indifferent. We don't care. We just want to get your feedback. So we're always looking to try to improve stuff. And it's always good to hear your reinforcement of, of things that are going on with the show. Or anything you want us to do. Yeah, or anything you're looking for us to do. Something topics you, don't you want, want us, us to cover. Do. You hate us. Yeah. Let us know why. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you love us, let us let us know. We, we appreciate hearing it. Makes us feel good and and, and lets, lets us know that you guys are out there listening. If you want to compliment on my tower of awesome sauce? Yeah, that thing is looking really, <laughs> really cool. I'm Hopefully it gets there. Yeah, That's I'm, a job. It, it is a job. I can't it, see the end result yet. but it, it, It's one of those things that as you, as you keep getting to each each phase of the project, you, there, I, I got to imagine they're starting now that you got this many hours of investment into it. It's like every little extra decision is that much more nervousness. You're like, oh, am, bit, I gonna, yeah. am I going to wreck this whole thing when I do this next thing? <laughs> I was talking about that. Just, <laughs> and I'll end up having to hack it down into like nothing. <laughs> It'll end up being this little spike coming out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I think I think that's one of the things you get a little more forgiveness. I think when you're working on terrain, so yeah, definitely. it definitely it definitely is something that's uh, worth kind of pursuing for anybody in their ho- in their hobby. It's, it's fun to do. It's definitely gives you a change of pace from painting a little toy soldiers. Yeah, I've always wanted a chance to work on it, but I usually don't have people gaming at my house or anything like that. So, so it's a great opportunity. I finally and, got. Yeah, I I don't know. I have a lot of. That's probably why it wrapped up into something so complicated. <laughs> I have a lot of effort I'm willing to put forth to make something cool. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Whoop. Take care, folks. See ya.
Peace out. I'm looking forward to when Paul Smack. Yeah, I'm gonna really make fun of him. Oh yeah, you heard it here. I'm gonna drop the bomb. You just wait. One of these episodes coming up. You have Paul, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him how much I missed him. <laughs> these guys, these guys suck. Yeah.